0: Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a great topic. You always hit the crazy stuff, John. It seems to work out that way, right? But I love it. I love it. It's going to be good. Hey, listen. So today we're talking about interracial marriage. And what does the Bible say about interracial marriage? Almost nothing. Almost nothing is, is right. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke. Uh, What does the Bible say about interracial marriage? We are going to get right into that because we have a lot of uh, scripture. And I think that you will be surprised. And then hopefully for anybody that's out there that that says, oh, you can't marry them because they're a different color than you. We're going to talk about that. I'd say it's a, a 1%
1: scriptural and 99% cultural. Brother, if you'll open us in prayer, then we will get started. Let's pray. Father, uh, help us to rightly divide the word of God. Help us to share it with uh, lots of love and joy. Uh, God, we just want you on the throne of our hearts. We want you guiding every step of our lives. We want to hide your word in our hearts so we not, might not sin against you. Let this uh, podcast be a blessing to all who hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Okay, what does the Bible say about interracial marriage? Nothing. I was talking to a guy, a friend of mine, in, and this was in North Carolina. This has been years ago. And he said, God is against interracial marriage. He was prejudiced. And, and I said, really? And he goes, yeah. And I was new, brand new Christian. And so I said, well, where, what does it say? And he goes, Every, everything is to stay with its own kind. Well, well guess what its own kind is? Humankind. Humankind, animal kind. uh, The animal kind horses are with horses, so a zebra and a horse will go
1: together. reproduce after their kind. After their kind. That's in the Bible.
0: Yeah, a a poodle and a wolf can reap. Oh, that's a terrible thought. Interesting, uh, (laughs) Johnny. (laughs) There you go again. I love your illustrations, bro. (laughs) A poodle and a wolf could. Yeah, genetically it'll work. It would work. It would just be extremely interesting. It'd be a disaster, but it would work. Like tough poodle, dude. Can you imagine a wolf going back into the wild with curly hair? <laughs> That's why he's like, dude. Where'd you get the perm? <laughs> That's a terrible Get us thought. back to
1: the scriptures, Johnny.
0: So with his own kind, yes, that would be accurate. But the kind is humankind, horse kind, dog kind, cat kind. That's the difference. Deuteronomy 7, 3 through 4 really starts laying down the reason that you're not to interracial marry. But as we look all through the scripture, and by the way, it's Old Testament through the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, it's not color. It has nothing to do it with color. It has to
1: do with uh, the, the people, the race of people of faith, if you please, the Jewish people. Right. Uh, they, well, go ahead and read the scripture.
0: So Deuteronomy 7 3 through 4. Nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. That's the big one right there. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you.
1: And destroy you suddenly. really wasn't a racial, uh, you know, black, white, red, red and yellow, black and white. It was a faith thing. It was, it was faith. Uh, the faith. The Jews are monotheistic, one true and living God, creator of heavens and earth, uh, Father Abraham, and uh, the big deal going on on planet earth is God has a plan to fix our problem. And that plan is the Messiah. The Redeemer yeah. will come, and he had a chosen nation, the Jewish people. And he gives instruction to his people on this marriage topic and it really doesn't have anything to do with skin color. No, it has to do with God's purpose for the Jewish people. Well, well, here's the thing, skin color.
0: If if you go back and research history, you'll find skin color was a political issue. It was never a human race issue because we only have the human race. We don't have different races within the human race. You have the Tower of Babel. There was a separation of people. Uh, and the reason there was separation of people is because they were given a directive. And they disobeyed and to scatter, and so God forced it. He forced them to scatter, but, but that's not because of different color or different race. It's uh, biblical disobedience. Biblical disobedience. We didn't, listen, we didn't have issues again until, until politics got in the way and politically started dividing, and they're still dividing to this day, yeah. and it drives me insane. Malachi 2.11. Malachi 2.11 says, and you said it, because you remember you said with the Jews that God dealt with the Jews and and he was like, hey, listen, you gotta,
1: you gotta keep this. The Jews had to keep the bloodline pure. That's the whole purpose of the marriage issue in the in the law of Moses, because a redeemer's gonna come and that Jewish bloodline must be kept pure. And if they're marrying outside, it can contaminate that 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 line it had nothing to do with. Skin color. Had nothing to do with skin color. It had nothing. to do with the genetic uh, line, uh, the Messiah will be born of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Judah, of the lineage of the family of David. Keep that pure. Right. And uh, there's a lot of examples in the Bible where they went outside of that. Uh, it didn't incite God's wrath when Moses uh, married an Ethiopian woman. Uh, But it did create some problems with his sister and brother, nothing to do with God, had to do with people, cultural issues, and uh, wasn't a biblical issue at all. Yeah, and, and so here we go in verse 11, Malachi Or if you're from the happy days era, Malachi. (laughs) Or the Italian prophet over there. That's right. Love that guy. The Italian prophet
0: Malachi. I'm going to have to use that one. In Malachi 2.11, it says, Judah has dealt treacherously and an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution, which he loves. He has married the daughter of a
1: foreign God. It was a spiritual thing not a legal thing, not a genetic thing. And God just loves people. Got a plan. He wants them to be part of his plan. And Satan, see Satan's in here. He takes the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, you know, pretty foreign girls and bring them in, you know, God just to keep the bloodline pure. Well, Um, that's
0: also why we see a lot of killing in the Old Testament. People
1: are like, man, why is God such a murderous God? Well, these are people that are so far outside of his boundaries, they're just trying to uh, carry out Satan's agenda. And God said, no, I'm not going to let, let that happen.
0: Well, because he knew that with the Jews, if they married outside, that's really going to draw and uh, the Jews away and run the risk
1: of polluting the bloodline. And now we've got a huge problem yeah. at its core. I'd like to circle back around something you mentioned just a moment ago about the, the races uh, the, back to the Tower of Babel. They are in disobedience. God told them to, to fill the earth and they didn't do it. They're going to stay here. We're going to take over and we're going to build a way to heaven. We'll do it our way. We'll work our way to heaven. We'll build a tower. We'll get there without God. And so his his judgment came. He confounded the languages. That's crazy. I don't
0: know that a lot of people realize the base of the tower is like a
1: mile wide.
0: Oh, it's huge. Absolutely. It's, it Literally, the base was a mile wide because they realized they were so
1: smart back there. They had a little a bit of a, a geometry. Uh, and they, of, yeah, uh, they
0: realized if we're going to get to
1: heaven, we got to have a great base, yeah. and they, it all, uh, they put everything into this in their disobedience to God. So God came down. The Bible says confounded their languages. This is a, a something that's totally inexplicable to the uh, humanist anthropologists, who say look back and say, how was there a sudden appearance of five thousand different languages on planet Earth? Uh, languages emerge and they change a little bit, but they're just not new. You know, right. We don't go out and say, hey, you know what? We're going to start a new nation. We're going to start a new language. No, <laughs> we take with us the language that we've got. Right. And so it's totally inexplicable to this secular anthropologist how that could be. Boy, when God confounded the languages, he really did it. But this, the thing that really fits with our topic today is these people groups are forced to to, to spread out over the world as they do, uh, they have certain genetic, they have a gene pool they're taking with them. And through the uh, centuries of genetic isolation, we have what we would call the racial features right. begin to be dominant. Uh, the recessive genes, I think. Genes look I, think
0: this, I think when God separated them, that He separated them already where they already had. I don't think He just. Randomly separated them. I think he separated them according to the
1: the simplicity of it all. Is I agree with that, but just it was very simply. Groups migrated to the south, the the descendants of Ham. Groups headed west, the descendants of uh, Japheth. Groups headed east, the descendants of Shem, and they part of the Shemites. Uh, landed in is uh, landed in in the Middle East and uh, modern day uh, Israel, right. and then uh, through genetic isolation, these things begin to surface of uh, you know facial features, skin color, hair color. Is the hair going to be uh, straight or is it going to be curly? All the different things that we see in the races. You can tell just from the genetics that Indian, the Native American people, North and South America, they did not come from the West to right. America. They came from the East. Right. They have a, a Shemite bloodline. And so it's so traceable and it's so simple. Uh, when you look to the scriptures for your answer and then man comes along, turn tunes out, God does it our way. And now we have this thing called racism. I think it really makes God sick. I think it does. And again,
0: you don't find racism until there's a political agenda. There you go. Because of political agenda, our country has went back 50, 60 years, man. It's it's so
1: unbelievable because for the most, I, I just don't believe America is racist two-part two-party system uh, somebody's going to try to get different groups of people divide the people get them on my team if you got a two-party system you got division
0: there you go and one, it's, one it's of the worst it, it is it's one of the in. worst
1: mistakes america ever made was allowing a two-party system well it's here and we deal with it but you know it gets so complicated I remember the days of my youth i was so frustrated with all this stuff uh vietnam and racism were the things that just killed me I had a lot of black friends and i saw some injustices that were done and You know, and sometimes people, you know, if I go out and break the law and I get arrested, it's not the police's fault. It's my fault. I broke the law. And then the police have to be professional about that as well. But the whole thing just angers God. Uh, I think it does. It breaks his heart. When you go back to the scriptures and you get into the family of God deeper and deeper, the racism kind of goes away. I I see the blend of of races in our church. It's so beautiful. We have white families that adopted black kids, Hispanic people that uh, have adopted black children. That's how heaven's going to be. We're going to be all red in yeah, different colors. <laughs> We're going to be messed up. <laughs> I hope so. The more messed up we are, I think that the better we off we are racially. I,
0: you know, when I look at, when I look at people, uh, I see people. That's what God sees. That's, and I, that's all God sees, man. Love your neighbor. God so love the he, world. Yeah, and He says, "Love your neighbor." Well, who's your neighbor? Everybody you come in contact with. Yeah. So we're, we are we are required, commanded, to love our neighbor. And if our neighbor is everyone we come in contact with, then color has nothing to do with it. Which means then color has nothing to do with marriage. There it it is who do you love? Then you love them. And now there's stipulations on who you love and and how you are to be but there's no stipulations on the color nothing whatsoever everything goes back to your relationship with god or not that's it
1: yep it's uh the bible is is basically silent on interracial marriage but there's a lot of directives in the bible about marriage we're going to look at that here yeah, but
0: none of them to do with color nothing there's nothing nothing in the bible to do with color nothing what does god think about interracial marriage he doesn't.
1: <laughs> if you, if you will, right? I mean, I think God just scratches his head, says, "You guys are so stupid."
0: Well, it's kind of like with the Jews, you know. God gave them a certain amount of laws, and they were like, "Oh, we're not happy with that. Let's add on six hundred and thirteen more." <laughs> 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 the Ten Commandments aren't enough. We need more. Give yeah. us more. Give us more. And people and like to
1: fuss. They'll find something to fuss over.
0: They'll find anything to fuss over. You know, that's like when when Jesus and the disciples were walking through the field and, uh, they picked a few off the edges because that's what farmers would do. They, uh, they would leave the edges of their field for anybody that had need. And if they were walking through, they could pick off the edge of their field and eat it. Yeah. And they're going, but they didn't wash their hands. <laughs> you know, it's like, who cares? They're hungry. They're walking and it's between them and the, and the fruit of the ground and they eat and, uh, and these guys are made. Well, you know, the Jewish law says. Yeah, the man made Jewish laws. <laughs> and God says, listen, it doesn't matter what goes. It's not what goes in the stomach that defiles the man. Though. God says, they're hungry. You got food. Let eat. them eat. Shut up on all this.
1: <laughs> oh, did you wash your hands right? You know, now my wife would probably want me to wash my hands. Oh, right and, too, and
0: don't forget, wash it for 20 seconds. Yeah, like, and then on the front of back. Get that <laughs> Careful where you wipe them. And Jesus says, look, you can pick your nose and eat your food. I don't care because it's not what goes in that defiles the man, but what comes out. You know, Johnny, I'd like to bring
1: in something that I think our our audience would find very interesting. Um, This whole marriage concept throughout the history of the world in different cultures. This is just Jewish. It certainly was locked into Judaism. Marriages were arranged. I have Indian friend college students. I don't know that that it's a a bad thing. I, I don't know that it's a
0: good thing we got away from that.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about that just for a little bit. I've had some uh, young uh, Indian uh, from India, uh, people in our church through the years, uh, mostly RPI, Rensselaer Polytech Institute students, and they love the Lord Jesus, and uh, they didn't date because they didn't think they had enough sense to do that. <laughs> and But they would wait upon their – they had Christian parents. Wow. And they would wait upon their parents to get things rolling for them. And yeah. their parents would say, I'm not going to r- roll with anything until you get your education So they were really motivated to get their education. They were arranged marriages. And the Western, her friends from the Western world, that's crazy. But people throughout history viewed marriage, the value of the parents, the discernment of the parents, even the grandparents, they believed that God, especially believers, Jews or or anybody who's a believer, uh, believed that God would work through our parents and and, and grandparents to, to uh, help set this up because they had more confidence in their parents' wisdom than they had in their own uh, lustful thoughts. And so the parents took a little bit into consideration. You know, uh, Moshe's taking his little son Benny Benjamin down to, to work, and Ben he notices Benjamin's eye is on that sweet little girl across the street. Yeah. You know, Daddy picks up on that, and Daddy checks up on that family. They're good people. They they are faithful at the synagogue, and and she's a cutie patootie. And he says, Well, you better <laughs> you better work hard if you got your eye on that girl. She's not going to settle for some kind of a wimp. And so it's just built into their system. We we have that little song, you know. Uh, Dookie and Joellen sitting in a tree, right. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. <laughs> yeah. First comes love. Second comes, comes marriage. Then comes Dookie the, in the in the baby carriage. Right. That's not how the world thought. For right. thousands right. of years, right. it was... Dude, you know how many people are singing that song right now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keep it simple. I actually didn't...
0: Uh, I forgot about that. Did in you, the Western
1: world, they heard that song. My Indian friends hear that song and say, you guys are crazy. Yeah. You don't really believe that, do you? And their, their worldview is... First comes marriage it's done with intelligence it's done well, with well, even discipline
0: if, even if you look at Paul Paul said if you can't keep yourself or you can't control yourself sexually then get married he doesn't say it's about love he says get married if you can't control
1: yourself it uh, wasn't in the thinking of people for centuries first comes love that that wasn't part that wasn't even part of their thinking it's uh-uh. first comes uh first comes marriage right. and there's marriage for purpose these two shall be one uh, say a, a man with, is incomplete until he's married, and then he's finished, right? right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I said that once before on a podcast. In here. Think about Luther; he realizes
0: salvation is by grace through faith. All of a sudden, he he starts getting all the nuns out of these convents, and he sets up this elaborate scheme where they where they take empty wine barrels into the convent. And when they, or, or they take wine in and when they take the empties out, they bring out nuns. That's how they were getting them out of convent. And he was promising all of them husbands. And so the, these, it wasn't, let me fall in love and you get married. These were appointed marriages. Well, then there is uh, his wife now, or at the time she, uh, he couldn't, <laughs> she was, uh, for lack of a better word, man, she was very hard on the eyes. <laughs> very hard on the I'm eyes i'm not going to touch that one and, and well she said so she she kept wanting a husband and he's like i'm trying to get you a husband I'm trying to get you a husband and she looked at him and she said if you don't get me a husband you'll be my husband
1: i did not know this story
0: oh yeah 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 and so and i, I can't remember her name but anyway she goes you will be my husband if you can't get me a husband well it comes to find out he couldn't get her a husband and she was hard on the eyes he kept his promise, but he kept his promise. Wow! And so he they married. Yeah, so they married, and as time went on, they became absolute best friends. They were inseparable, and their ministry became. She was a huge benefactor in his ministry, and they loved one another. You see,
1: because it's a decision. Yeah, this is this is paramount in this topic. This is yeah. foundational. How people. Think. My preacher used to say, you fall off of buildings, you fall in holes, but you don't fall in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, they had a whole fundamental difference in thinking how God would work. Uh, marriage is uh, to be sacred. It is to be pure. It has very defined boundaries. For this cause shall a man leave his parents and cleave unto his wife, and these two shall be one flesh. No sex before, no sex outside of sex within. it's a gift of God. and they believed they didn't go out I gotta find a woman. they gotta they 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 face life, I gotta be. The man i need to be right I, I need to walk in integrity i must win the confidence of my parents so that my father can represent me to some girl's father with confidence because my dad is not going to let me get married if i'm an idiot well
0: even and that's the other thing if you if you look at arranged marriages before anybody made an agreement with another they looked at the parents because by
1: looking at the parents and the parents life they would on un- Understand what kind of child they were going to get. It was a fundamental uh, change in American and Western now Western culture that that emerged probably around the latter part of the 18th or the 19th century, where things started kind of changing, where we let the, the the kids make their own decision on who they're going to date and who they're gonna who they're going to marry. And you know, it's interesting. I've I've had uh, I've had a lot of marriages where the parents weren't happy about who the child had chosen. And it's so awkward for the parents because they feel terrible if they don't bring it up. And then oftentimes if they do bring it up, it creates all kinds of complications. And I've seen it where, uh, you know, that I'll just say this, the parental blessing is really important no matter which side of history you're on.
0: It is is hugely important. Uh, I know of a guy that was going to marry this girl, and he looked at the father and he said, you know, you realize, I don't need to ask you, we're adults, we can get married. And I said, you realize, in my brain, I'm going, you realize without the parents' blessings, it complicates the relationship. Extremely. Not not because the parents control anything, but because, uh, number one, it's a respect thing. You, you have to come out of the gate with this respect thing. Number two, if you're already looking at at it as i don't need the parents blessings uh i'm marrying the daughter the parents got nothing to do with it uh where do you think the daughter's going when there's issues and and not only that but listen when you marry someone you are marrying their parents as well in the respect that
1: the influence and it'll either blend or it'll be a wall And I've, you know, that's one of the benefits of getting older. You have a, you've seen the track records. You've seen the results of things. Officiated at 324 weddings. Nice. A lot of work. I have a divorce rate of 20%, which breaks my heart. But the national average is like 50%. So I'm 30%. uh, National
0: average right now uh, used to be 54. We're almost
1: 56. So my my divorce rate is 20. But but
0: the marriage, the, the marrying
1: rate is way down yeah people don't just bother even getting married why why get married and even when they do uh it's 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 really sad i've done a few marriages where i just felt so bad about it like this is not going to work there wasn't anything biblical i mean you know nothing moral anything like that but you could just you could just tell and I remember sitting one gal down, and I began to see a lot of mental uh, illness in, in this young man. It was brilliant. Mental illness ran in his family, and some things began to surface that just really frightened me. We're right. going to talk about sin and just sadness, and things weren't functioning well. And I sat down, and had the hard talk with the gal. She hated me. She kind of, you know, sort of forgave me, and and I did the wedding. I felt horrible about it, and within a year it came to me. She said, Pastor Duke, she said, I oh, owe you have a huge apology. She said, you love me on the highest order. Sometimes as a pastor, it's just really hard to tell people what you see because I could see things that she didn't see. It,
0: it, it's amazing how, because as a pastor, uh, we do love our flock. We have to have these hard conversations with people. And I, I've been in the same boat where I look at them, and I go, I, I, can't, I can't marry you guys. Um, and, and the reason that I can't marry you
1: it's because of 2 Corinthians 6.14. There you go. That's, this, is the, this is more than just a directive. This is kind of a law of God had nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with race. And, and, I, and I had to have this
0: conversation, 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's the difference. He goes on. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? The light and the darkness is not skin color; it is spiritual depravity or enlightenment. It is the enlightenment is is the light of Christ. Spiritual depravity is living life without Christ, and so that that's what it means by being une uh, being unequally yoked with unbelievers. It's very clear; it's established in the beginning of the verse. And I've had to have the conversation where I told a, a gentleman I loved him to death, and I said. Um, uh, he asked me if i would marry them and i go I, I can't and he goes what and i go you're you're unequally yoked i can't be a part of that because if i marry you guys god's going to hold me accountable for violating his word and not only that, if you are
1: unequally yoked, you guys are going to have major division in your, in your marriage. Let's step, focus on that word, yoke, for a minute. A yoke is what hooks two animals together. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you this, didn't just call married couples animals, did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I did. <laughs> Human animals. And they had so to funny. be custom made. You couldn't put a, a donkey with an ox or an ox. Another animal. They had to fit. And then if you had, you know, two ox have, they have the same gait. Uh, they have basically the same body shape. They pull together and it's so much stronger. If you have one ox, he can pull like a thousand pounds. Uh, you have two oxes, you can pull like 3,000 pounds. It's but, amazing. But it, it, well, here's, here's what you just that. said. They are literally
0: pulled in unison because they're built the same. Their minds, their minds are, are the, same. the same.
1: Their gate is the same. And uh, that's oneness. Yeah. When Jesus said that, and uh, Scripture said, be not unequally yoked, and their culture's like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. In our culture, we just kind of, what does that mean? Oh, that means I we can't, mar-. well, there's reasons why God says this. <laughs> this is God's love. This is God's protection. This is God said, I want what's best for you, and you get unequally yoked in marriage, a believer and unbeliever, you're going to have lots of problems. Yeah, because you're going in two different directions. You can only
0: say, oh, well, they're going to church doesn't bother me. I'll, I'll just go golfing, and they can go to church. Or I'll go do this, and they can go to church. Th- that hour or two hours spent apart doing your own thing, that's not an issue. We do that all the time. But the belief system that comes out of it is going to separate us because one says, oh, no, no, no. we got to do it the way of the Bible. And the other one says, the Bible is foolishness, and we're not going to do it that way. Yeah. Who cares? Well, now all of a sudden you're all righteous and holier than thou. and these negatives start coming and now the division starts.
1: There's really two families on, on the planet, the family of God and the Jesus said to the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil. Well, you know, I talk about the different religions. People have asked me before,
0: how many different religions are there? Are you ready for this? There's only two. If you ask the world, there's 4,400 different religions in the world. But the reality is there's only two and here's your two religions. Christianity, God's way. It's not my way because I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian because I'm doing it God's way,
1: just just for clarity. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ only. You got truth, and then you got the rest.
0: That's right. And uh, Jesus is the Christ, and I follow the Christ, and so
1: therefore I am a Christian. And the exclusivity of Jesus. But just remember, the exclusivity of Jesus invites all to come. You just,
0: just got to do it his way.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't so be th- mad that there there are so many ways. Just be glad there is a one way that works. Jump in. Enjoy Jesus. There you go. Go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your invite right here.
0: So the two religions, one is Christianity, God's way, and two is
1: humanism. Basically, yep. That's it. We'll drag some biblical truths into it. We'll do it our way. We won't bow. Yeah. We'll, well, we, we'll we believe
0: this because I like this part in here. And we believe that because, well, let's just bring this in because they, well, they had this much right, but I want to add a little bit more because I like this. And all of a sudden they add a little bit more in their way. And it's literally, it's either God's way or man's way. There, there's yeah. your, that's your differences.
1: And you can label it anything you want, but it still comes down to two things, God's way or man's way. When you take those two families. You have one family, it says, let, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Jesus comes into us as, as believers. The Holy Spirit. We're enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Yep. And when it comes to, uh, well, the other side is the flesh, or, or even worse, the devil, the prince and power of the air. So you have spiritual, the Holy Spirit, and then you have secular. Well, the, and, he, and the, the even Jesus
0: in John chapter 8, Jesus looks at him, the, the non believers. The unbeliever, as Second Corinthians 6.14 says, and he says, you are of your father, the devil. When we were born, we're automatically born into the family of Satan in
1: the dark in the dark side. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. There you go. John chapter 3, verse 7. And for those of us who came to faith as, as I was a young adult when I came to faith, so were you. The lights come on. And now, you know, in the world, in marriage, you got to have compromises. I want to go to Burger King. My wife wants to go to McDonald's. I can compromise on that. I want a I ranch. She wants a raised ranch. I can compromise on that. She can compromise on that. But there's things, as a believer, I can't compromise on There's no on. compromise. I can't compromise life. <laughs> I vote always pro-life because God is the author of life. As, as a believer, there's things that are negotiable, but I have to have God's way. Right. Yeah, if if it violates the word of God, we're out. I've never married people who, where I knowingly knew it was, I'm with you, where it was a unbeliever and a believer. I've told couples, I will not marry you because you're it would be an unequal yoke. I had a guy that was unequally yoked, or he wanted to be. I wouldn't marry him, and his, his girlfriend told him you got to get saved or I won't marry you. He was brilliant. He had an earned marketing degree, a doctorate degree from Yale University. He was honest. I loved this. I walked him through the apologetics, my basic Bible principles. He goes, I sort of believe I want to believe, but I really don't believe. And he says, I just can't be like you. And and, and Karen, his, his, his girl, he wanted to marry. He said, I just can't take that leap into the dark like you guys did. I said, that's where you're all wrong. Mm-hmm. I said it's not a leap into the dark, it's a leap into the light. So
0: Sunday I had a, a young lady come forward for salvation. I talked to her afterwards and she said when I first heard about God, Jesus, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's just it's just rhetoric. And she said, as as I started coming to the Bible studies and connecting dots and having conversation with my parents and connecting more dots, I realized it's so exciting. This is not a jump into the dark and I hope there's something really there. She
1: said, this fits. And I had to surrender. That's what this fella did. He, I, I said, it, his name was John. Also, I said, John, it's not a walk. It's not a leap into the dark. It's a leap into the light. And probably about a month later, he was taking a walk in the woods. I used to tell people take a walk. Ro- in the woods. Romans Romans chapter one, by my creation you will see I exist. And he got touched. He got on his knees and he put his faith and trust in Jesus, was gloriously born again. I did their wedding. They have lived uh, happily ever after. Amen. A beautiful Christian family serving the Lord. And and he sent me a, a picture. It's in my office. I'll show you sometime. It's he's on a dock. it was in Minnesota. It was summertime. And he was he was running to the end of the dock and he, he dove. And the sun was shining right into the camera. So you kind of see the silhouette of the body, but he's taking a dive into the light. And it's in my office today. It's Dude, sacred. that is awesome. And then <laughs> he, but you see, without Christ in his heart, he was going to run into serious problems. The family would have been struggling at yeah. best. We call it missionary dating. That's that's kind of how I came to Christ. I don't recommend right. it, right.
0: but it worked for me. And
1: uh, my second born uh, fell in love with an, a non-Christian fella. He was, he's awesome. And we shared the gospel with him. He came to Christ and he's awesome guy. So, even though i don't sort of recommend missionary dating uh, uh sometimes it, it for me. works out well it for my daughter yeah. he yeah. made a yeah. deep commitment yeah. to christ they have a lovely marriage give me two beautiful grandchildren along with six others yeah. rich man <laughs> yeah. i'm a rich man you really are man I, I you won. think about
0: that right i won martin luther king to get back to the question about interracial marriage martin luther king jr he said this he said that a person should be judged by his or her character not by skin color and I agree with that 10,000% because there's no place in the life of a Christian for favoritism based on race. Yeah, James 2, 1 through 10 says this, and it's a lengthy one, but we'll read it and not because we have to have clarity from the word of God. That's, we don't, the, that's the foundation. Exactly. It says, my brethren, so now we know James is talking to Christians. The Christians because it's referenced in brother as family, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with partiality. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point is guilty of all. And so he makes it so clear just by the comparison that you can't look at two people differently and judge them by their looks. You, you look at their character. You look at who they are. And, and if they're rich or poor or black or white, it doesn't matter. You look at the person and their character not their skin color or their money. That's really what he was saying
1: here. And you got to be a little bit careful. a lot more than beauty. Beauty is vain, the Bible says. And uh, in this world, it's, 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 high, it's highly esteemed in, in our world today. But I know people that are beautiful on the outside and really ugly on the inside. Right?
0: Well, and, and, and think about this. As time goes by, if you don't love the person for the person as time goes by, those looks are going to fade. For example, man, when I was young, I had a head full of hair. Black hair, black beard. I never
1: believed that, but I did see the picture, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm aboard now.
0: Right. I, didn't, uh, I didn't lose my hair until 34, 33, 32, it was like within five years, man, my hair was, and I told my wife, I said, so here's the deal. If, if I get a cul-de-sac, I'm shaving my head. I'm not, I'm not sporting a cul-de-sac. I can't do it. I can't, I can't. Hey, God bless you if you have one, and it's all of it. You can do that. I can't do it. So I started shaving my head. But when we got married, man, I was skinny. I weighed 145 pounds and I had a head full of hair. Well, today I'm 210 pounds and I'm bald. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: only know one guy. He's okay. I like him. Uh, And I appreciate that.
0: Uh, Now, my wife, she's as beautiful today as the day I married her. She hasn't changed a bit. Man, if you don't love the person you're married to because of the person, those looks
1: are going to go away. Yeah. You know, I, I over the my forty two years pastoral ministry, I've uh, three of the weddings I've did uh, were interracial marriages. Two of the three have uh, been fabulous, and and the issues that they talk to me about these are deeply committed to Jesus couples. They've told me that this isn't really a racial thing at all; it's a, uh, it's a cultural thing. It seemed like the black community had a little bit more issues with the white coming into their community than the white coming or the, the black coming into the white community.
0: yeah, and, and it's kind of interesting. I'm going to agree with that because... That's just what I
1: heard. That's not an opinion. Well, that's but, just what they told well, me. Well, think yeah, about yeah. this.
0: Uh, and again, when I'm not dividing anyone, we're just going to point it's out culture. some obvious. It's Nothing culture. to do with race. It's just it, culture. It's culture. And so uh, white people... Doors are wide open. Come on in. Come on in the church. Come into the church. That's what they've all told me. Come that. into the church. Yeah. But if a white person goes into a black church, they all look at you like, "What are you doing in my church?" <laughs> uh, and I've experienced this because I've, I've, I've went in. Depending on who you go in with, mm-hmm. will
1: depend on how well you're accepted. And I think it's the fact that we have white churches and have black churches. I think that's kind of sad. I hate it. You know, I had a, kind of an opposite experience with that. I went to. Uh, uh, Jamaica, and I went, wanted to find a Baptist church, and they told me at the yeah. Well, no, hotel. Jamaica's not the same. They're, oh, yes, yeah, dude, they're,
0: they're, they're, they're all you. They are so. They're like, oh, come on in and let's party. Oh man, <laughs>
1: they they all wore white gloves. Uh, the greeters, and there were male and female greeters, and. We walked in, the service had just begun. I always like to be early, but we had to take a cab and he, didn't, he couldn't find it. And, we, and it, was, it was a good crowd, probably 300 people there. And we were the only white people in the crowd. And I'm telling you, we stood out, my son was right. with me. he's about 14 at the time, Joan and I, and, and the Duke Meister, uh, I have a son named Duke, a dad named Duke. <laughs> right. You talk about rolling out the red carpet. Oh my goodness. Then they found out I was a preacher and they oh. had me come up and do that. Listen, the dark-skinned community? They take care of their preachers. Oh, my goodness. There's two things that uh, a young black man will not let anything happen to his mama or his preacher. And it is so true. It is so, it is true. so true. And that's a beautiful thing it, about <sighs> about the uh, uh, African-American community. Right? Yeah,
0: I love it. Well, hey, let's let's get back to this because we're going to wrap this one up um, on uh, uh, interracial marriage. The only thing that the Bible says and makes very clear is that you cannot be unequally yoked when it comes to spiritual beliefs. Now, now if you believe in Buddhism and Hinduism and you want to get married, go on with it. It's got nothing to do with God. And I I don't mean that insultingly. I'm just saying, according to the Bible. It won't be two spirits striving against one another. Exactly, yeah. It won't be be It will be an equal yoke. It's equally yoked. Here is uh, equally yoked in Jesus Christ. And how does that happen? Well, one's got to be born again in John 3, 3 through 5. I said earlier 3, 7, but I jumped too far. It's 3, 3 through 5. Verse 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. And he came to him by night because... Everyone else, all of his peers hated Jesus, and he didn't want his peers to see him talking to Jesus. Was, right. So he sneaks in at night and said to, to him, Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He can't go to heaven. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That really shows his spiritual condition right there, right? Religious but lost. Religious but lost. Jesus answered in verse 5, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot Enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of this flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And, of course, he's talking about being born again, uh, receiving the Holy Spirit of God. You're already born in the flesh. That's flesh. Now you have to receive Christ so that you're born in the spirit and you receive the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. That is the only thing the Bible says is contingent on two people getting married. That's it. And nothing to do with race, does it? Nothing to, to do, do with, with race, nothing to do with skin color. And I'm going to end with this verse because I want you to see, listen, you, there's some things that a dark skinned and a light skinned couple needs to consider. They need to consider people are going to look at your marriage and ignorant people are going to say ignorant things.
1: Yep, I've heard that over and over again. It's,
0: it's so true. And it's so unfortunate, but it's true. And so you need to think about, okay, we do have some hurdles that we're going to have to work through. Now, I think those hurdles are getting less and less as time I goes think on. You're right. I think and you're I'm right. so excited about that because one of the things that I find absolutely disgusting is racism. So the fact that this is dying down on intermarriage is, I think is a wonderful thing. So you have to consider those factors that happen culturally. But other than that, man, scripturally, here's, here's what uh, Romans 10, 12 says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Again, the spiritual level, and there's no difference between the Jew or the Greek. There's no difference between black and white. There's no difference between red and brown. There's just There's no difference of any human being to God
1: except for do they know Jesus or not. You know, uh, on all that foundation, my pastor told me years ago, when I was a young man looking for a woman, he said, Duke, equal yoke would be an equal commitment to Jesus. That's it. So,
0: guys, I hope that this answered your questions. I hope it helped you out to understand the only, the only stipulation on marriages was that you serve the same God. That is it. Color has nothing to do with it, or to use the the, the world's terms, race has nothing to do with it. The human race has everything to do with it, and and that's one race. I'm just going to say that again. At the
1: feet of Jesus, it gets simple.
0: It does. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. God says if you're both in him, get married and be committed to him and that marriage. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's it. Color's got nothing to do with it. Guys, I hope that this helped you out. Thank you so much for joining us on According to John. And I hope and pray that you have success in your marriage. I hope and pray that if you're unequally yoked, you fix that and move on for Jesus. And if you are light-skinned, dark-skinned, I pray that you just conquer the battles that the world throws at you holding on to the hand of Jesus. If this has helped you, like, share, subscribe, follow. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.